So you didn't know I had that, did you? Welcome everyone to the Sons of History podcast. I'm Dustin Bass. And I'm an unimpressed Alan Joaquin. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, everyone, this is episode 13 of the Sons of History podcast, and it is our final episode of 2018. How do you feel about that, Alan? Well, I'm now looking more forward to 2019. I think it's going to be a great year ahead. I really think so, too. I think so, too. I think uh, I think this year has been good. Um, let's... We're... Well, this episode is wanting... It, it, this episode is wanting... I don't think so. It's an episode and it has no feelings, right? It's an inanimate... It's not even an inanimate object. It's a digital object that has no feelings or thoughts on the matter. Correct? So you're saying that this is not a livable constitution, that type of thing? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, you know that I am in the full living, favor of the living document. The living, the breathing. Kind of, yeah, the living, breathing document <laughs> right. that can change on its own by itself. Yes. Uh, who knows, it, man? We may wake up one day and there is no Article 1. It could replicate and turn into things that we don't uh, recognize. Yeah. And I think... Nah, forget it. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to 2018. This is going to be a sort of a recap of our year that we had mm -hmm. here in the great state of America. Um, yeah, you like that? So I want to talk about first, one, something took place in our personal lives that sort of changed not just the course of our personal history, but I like to think the history of this country. Uh, and that would be the Sons of History starting uh, and formulating and creating and becoming po quite possibly the greatest thing that's ever hit this country since the aforementioned Constitution. Thoughts, Alan? Well, you forgot about the Bill of Rights, but uh, no, I must agree with you that I think that this is going to be a great breakthrough in education and entertainment. <laughs> I think so, too. And... Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think this is very well needed because history, especially about the good things that this country has done, which yeah. which is what we're starting off with, which is going to be the United States. We're going to yeah. eventually venture off into yeah. world and we events. have over our episodes. We've we've right. mentioned other countries and the history of other countries yeah. uh, and things that have happened over there. But for yeah. the most part, we're Americans, so we talk yeah. about. Uh, the, the great nation that is the United States of America. And you know what? Interestingly enough, so I went to Scotland last year, and it was so funny that because, you know, we're talking about talking, we discuss America and American politics and things that go on here in, in our nation, um, and that we don't really reference a ton about what goes on in other countries. Although it is something that we like to, to mess with every once in a while. But when I was in Scotland... It was so funny how often I ran into publications that on the front page was stuff that was going on in America and people asking me, uh, how do you feel about things that are going on in America and overhearing people's discussions about things that were going on in America. And it was so funny because the first thing I got on a bus and they had these free newspapers that you, you could pick up. And on the front cover was Donald Trump. And I was like, here I am across the pond, and they've got American politics on their newspapers. And I I, I, 
I expressed this to several people there. I said, I find it so funny that I'm over here in your country and y'all are talking about what's going on in my country, not just you personally, but it seems like everybody's talking about what's going on in America. I said, in America, we don't really care. I mean, we care, but we don't talk about what's going on in in France or England. Yeah, it gets mentioned, mm -hmm. but as far as it being the front page yeah. stuff, like this is what's going on. It's, no. not as, it's not as dominating. No, it's not as dominating. I just found it so peculiar that they were so caught up in what America was doing. And one of the people that I ran into, uh, she said, well, honestly, we we watch you guys and it's we are interested in what y'all are doing because we know that what y'all do impacts everything that well happens here but around the world but she also said the world really follows what america does and i thought that was very interesting but i thought it at the same time quite peculiar mm -hmm. that the world watches us and i know that they pay attention but when i saw just all these newspapers and publications that have American politics or what's going on in America in a country that is nowhere near uh, the American borders. I just found it fun. I think that's just the way it is in terms of whoever the leader of uh, the free world is mm -hmm. or whoever is leading the world at the time. You know, back in the uh, early, I would say before World War II, before mm -hmm. 1941, when, when the United States got involved in the Second World War. The, uh, England was most likely the country focused on. Um, there's a book I read called The, uh, the Guns of August. And uh, in it, it talks about, the, the beginning, the first chapter talks about the, uh, the death of uh, King, I believe it was King Edward uh, VII, uh, which would lead to uh, King George King George's rule, and this, is, mm -hmm. this was in around 1910, and it talked about how the the, uh, the whole world sent representatives for the funeral, and uh, all eyes were on the new king because, you know, they ran the banks, they, they had the most powerful navy in the world, you know, Britannica rules the waves, I believe that's one of their big songs, mm -hmm. if not their national anthem. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're always going to have that, uh, that nation that is going to, uh, dominate in the news. When I visited Europe, ironically, same time, or I should say coincidentally, same time you were, and we ended up both in London at the same time, yeah. but we, we had difficulty, uh, meeting each yeah. other. I um, think you, it was not so much difficulty meeting. I think it was the simplicity of avoiding each other. You think that's what it was? I think so. I did find you annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was visiting uh, Churchill's bunker, and you were off uh, visiting the Imperial War Museum, where I had been earlier that day. Right. But I, um, I have a good friend who lives in, uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, his name is Robert Meinen, and he met with me. We went to uh, Hitler's Eagle's Nest in Germany, hmm. and he had a friend with him named Nan. And the three of us sat and talked about, you know, they wanted to know about what did we think of, of Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton. And, and I gave them my views. And uh, naturally, I'm sure everyone can assume by now, as well, comes a bit of a shock that mm -hmm. I voted for Trump. Yeah. And uh, they were very surprised because mm -hmm. he, they even admitted to me that the news overwhelmingly over there is 
is anti-Trump every right. every single day. So right. I sat and I gave them my views on why I support him, and they. At first, they were shocked to hear it, but then mm -hmm. when I told them the reason, they were like, "Okay, that makes sense." Didn't they? Don't explain it to us in that manner. Yeah. But what I found uh, interesting, based on what you're saying, is, is that they knew so much mm -hmm. about what went on, and I don't know the first thing about what's going on in the Netherlands. Now, yeah. I've I've followed the news of uh, um, the of, of France, what's going on in France, Germany, and England, because I mean I pay attention to the news, right? But I, I think that the, the and, average and European, France has been in the news lately because of the outrage over Macron's you know recent uh, I guess the taxes, taxes and all, and all yeah. this stuff yeah but it, something almost dramatic has to take place where there has to be riots in the streets for you know right. France but, to get into the front pages of American newspapers but the average European the average European knows a lot more about the United States than the average American knows about what goes on in Europe. Yeah, you know, they, they it's just the tell, way it is. Yeah, I mean, they the, oh, we, they know who Putin is. They know, uh, they know the Queen and the you know. Yeah, but could they name even who the British Prime Minister is right now? Probably not. It, uh, are you talking about people in the Netherlands? No, 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 no. In the United States. Oh, uh, how many people know? Who I the Prime think Minister it, people is? of a certain age would. Uh -huh. uh, I don't think people. Well, the current one, May, is not as. You know, she's not Margaret Thatcher. She's not Margaret Thatcher, um, and she's not Kirk Cameron either. <laughs> <laughs> the actor, David, <laughs> David Cameron. Uh, I just wanted to throw. Wait, him. who was the guy that was uh, prime minister in the nineties? I forgot his name. Blair. Blair. Tony yeah. Blair. That's it. I yeah. got his name there for a second. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> a little. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw in the Kirk Cameron thing. I did like uh, Sarkozy of uh, France. I thought he was a... Oh, yeah. But I don't know how the French felt about him. Hmm. And I think that would matter most <laughs> than what oh, you yeah. think. Um, interestingly enough, and we'll, we'll get right into uh, the rest of the stuff that we want to talk about, but speaking of having a discussion about uh, the feelings on Trump, <laughs> this lady... So I'm in the Church of the Holy Rood, right? And the Holy what? Rood. Rood? Yeah. So it stands, Rood is cross. So Church of the Holy Cross. Uh, it's like a five, six hundred year old church in, I want to say, uh, Sterling. Um, I believe it's in Sterling, isn't that, uh Isn't that where, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? The one Mel Gibson played? Yes. Um, That's where he fought that first battle, Sterling Bridge. Yeah, Sterling Bridge. Uh, Wallace, Sir William Wallace. William Wallace. God, yeah. I don't know why I'm forgetting names today. That's okay. And you, you know, call I'm... yourself a historian. Yeah, well, and maybe you need more coffee. That's what. Uh, but it's also a place where a good friend of mine, mentor, former uh, English professor Danelle Olson, giving you a shout out, uh, earned his doctorate degree from the University of Sterling. Okay. Uh, anyways, but she asked me in this church. In this super old, like centuries old church, my thoughts on, you know, she goes, how do you feel about how things are going on in your country? Now, I actually had to postpone my flight because of Hurricane Harvey. So the day that I was going to leave, all of Houston was flooded, right? So I had to postpone it several weeks. Um, and so I thought she was, in my mind, I thought she was referencing the hurricane. 
mm-hmm. and everything. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be all right. She says, well, how do you feel about, you know, how things are going on in your country? I go, I guess we will be all right. I, and I had no idea what she was talking about. And then the third time she asked me, I realized, oh, you're talking about the president. Mm-hmm. And so she's like raising her voice in this super quiet church, super old church. And I felt completely just awkward in the whole Because I'm trying to like throw in my tidbit of information and stuff and trying to like you know, have this conversation about what. Uh... <laughs> yes, don't ask me about the country if you're referencing a person. Um, so the Sons of History, we got started in June, had our first episode on the YouTube series put up um, uh, August, I believe. Uh, it's been slow going. Episode two has yet to show up. Um, we've had some people working on the editing, and it's. Uh, Still yet to see the light of day regarding the Declaration of Independence, but mm-hmm. all in good time, right? We will be uh, we will be presenting or at least taping the third episode. We have the script down. Yeah, yeah, we've but, got. Uh, but I think we need to release the second one first before. Yeah, that we, would be nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that happens. But we do have the podcast that started on October fourteenth. Uh, we have this is like our thirteenth one, as we mentioned. So if you guys haven't checked out any of the other episodes, go listen to those. Um, but let's go over what 2018 was about. I know you meant, you wrote down a number of things that you wanted to talk about. I wrote down a number of things that I wanted to talk about and that I think and you think made this year significant. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I will start with the migrants. Okay. Okay, a couple of... Uh, controversies. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, let's say, three photographs that uh, made the headlines. Right. Uh, first one was a little child crying in a cage. The second one was a little, I guess it was a little kid crying in front of uh, the mother as the mother was being searched. Yeah. Both of those were... Border s- Patrol, right. Correct. Now, the first one was a staged photo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was staged. They, they put the, the the advocates of the migrants put that little kid in a cage, mm-hmm. and then stepped back and took some pictures. Yeah, and led to a lot of controversy. Led to a lot of fighting on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, it led into one that caused a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, the second one, the uh, the little girl, I guess, it was a girl was never separated from her mother. Right, she was standing there by. Her mom. Correct. And, and the whenever, father, yeah. The father even said they were not separated. They, right. they stayed together the whole time. So I think it, it kind of clouds the it kind of clouds the whole story in terms of what is really going on and what should we be discussing. And I remember that photo, if I may. Uh-huh. I remember that photo going coming out because I was at a summer camp for young life. And, which is a Christian student organization uh, that I volunteer for. Thank you very much, Young Life. You guys are awesome. Love you. Uh, anyways, and my phone, all the kids, you know, they had to give up their phones. But, you know, since I was one of the leaders, I got to keep my phone. My phone was blowing up with alerts from or notifications from uh, New York Times, Washington Post, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wall Street Journal, like all of these 
this photo, this photo, the photo that is shaking a nation, different stuff like that. And I remember um, reading about the photographer who took the photo and the photographer was like, uh, this is the type of photo you like wait your entire career to take. I'm like, really? Why don't you just go into like Walmart and take a picture of a child standing by their mother um, who has just put the child down because she doesn't want to hold the child anymore mm-hmm. and wait until the kid starts crying and freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's an extremely common thing. So, You've waited your entire career to take a photo of a woman who has just put her child down to talk to, to be, a border patrol officer. Yeah. Like that is not groundbreaking stuff. It is groundbreaking because of the way it was manipulated. Correct. But that's not something that I'm like I mean, good grief. Like you and I have cameras. We can go and take a picture of go to the go to the border, take a picture. Of a kid crying and be like, look, this, you know, well, welcome a, to Trump's America. I mean, you know, she's crossing the border illegally. It, of, of course they're going to search the woman. I mean, oh, do you not search the woman? Yeah. It, At what point does it become so ridiculous that, you know, this is why there are a large segment of this country that says the uh, journalists, the, the news media are the enemy of the people. Now, for me... I'm not going to go to that extreme. I'm not going to go to that extreme. But I'm going to say there that there are, are some there are some journalists and there are some newsmakers, uh, news uh, uh, reporters mm-hmm. who are the enemy of the truth. Yeah, because they are not journalists. Like they're, I, they're advocates of a political party. They're they're activists, and that is the problem. It's like if you are, I went through journalism school. I was a journalist for seven years, and eventually you realize that. It's about an agenda and not so much about what is actually happening, what the truth is. When people are staging photos, we've had so many staged photos, mm-hmm. not just this past year, well, the, the, but the, for so many years. Even yeah. the tear gassing one. The tear gas one. I mean, get, get real. Like, have some integrity. And there is the problem, mm-hmm. is when you attach yourself to an agenda, whether it's left, right, middle, I don't care, religious, non-religious, atheist... You know, whatever it is. And when you attach yourself to an agenda, you eliminate your the necessity for integrity in everything that you do. And so now you have everything that is suspect. And over the past um, five to seven years, the trust in the media, and you can go to a, to a Gallup poll um, and, and check this out. You can check the polls. The trust in the media continues not just to incrementally drop, but to drop substantially. And it's because there is such little, so little integrity in journalism and in the media today mm-hmm. that it's laughable. Well, I mean, they did a poll where, um, now I know Trump has been known for exaggerating or, <laughs> you know, telling things that just aren't true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I will admit to that. I, I, I've seen it. I, you know, like the whole... Mexico is going to pay for the wall. But Trump's trustworthiness is higher than the media. And that's, isn't that crazy? And that, that's surprising, actually. It's an incredibly surprising. Because he talks so often, and so often people are able to... I'm able to, a lot of times, pinpoint things that he has said. I'm like, well, that ain't true. Yeah. You know? and But 
typically he says stuff that you can go back to history and look at when he says, you know, this is the first time in American history that blah, blah, blah. Right. right. And you're like, oh, that's not true. And journalists are like, oh, no, no. And they call him out on it. Mm -hmm. But when you have things like what you're referencing, like stage photographs and mm -hmm. all this stuff and people who are writing articles that really they're lying about, you have no reference or the to catch them on. Right. So you have to take them at their word mm -hmm. until later it's brought about that, hey, this was stage, this was fake. Well, yeah, but they won't talk about how those pro those migrants that were that were tear gassed. Well, what led to the tear gas? Right. It was they because just, they were throwing right. stones and rocks at the border. It wasn't patrol. like they were just sitting in no. at picnic yeah. tables having. They weren't know, holding up signs, let us in. They were they were attacking the wall. Right. Number one. Number two. And we this discussed same that thing, in the one same of thing our happened. episodes, episode nine. Okay, the yeah. same thing happened uh, under uh, Obama, the previous administration. Yes, they did. And I didn't see any outrage. No. So that's where it reminds know. me a lot. And I don't want to go on like a tirade, although we, we sort of are a little bit. Mm -hmm. But back in the day um, with sports journalism, back in the day with guys like Mickey Mantle and, you know, back in the, the Yankee heyday, right? Mm -hmm. Those guys were protected by the media. So they could go off and, and, they could get drunk. They could be cheating on their wives. They could be doing all these things mm -hmm. and be protected by the media. And the media would never, no. because there was a friendship there. There was a relationship there. And it was really buddy-buddy. Well, it's the right? same with like JFK and FDR. Right. Yeah. Things were always covered up. They, they knew that, my understanding is that FDR was having an affair. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where he was when he died. He was, uh, he had, he, Eleanor was not with him. But, but. Both he and JFK were known for having affairs, but nothing was ever uh, right. Nothing, not not. You know, I remember when Bill Clinton came about. Okay, the the news was coming out on his life. Yeah, but uh, no, but but you are correct that I think prior to Watergate, reporters protected whoever was in office. Yeah, and it's true, and so and to an extent, like that was the case with. Of the Obama administration. There was so much that wasn't at least blown out of proportion. And I'm not saying that, um, like, say, the tear gas situation under the Obama administration. I don't think that that should have been blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. And the way it was handled by journalists during that time of the Obama administration, I believe, was conducted in the right way. But I would agree with you. Now, you have an administration that the media does not like or does not prefer. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when something like this takes place, they blow it out of proportion as tyranny or violence or aggression or however you want to, to put it. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing to protect the country. So treat it the same way that you did correctly under the Obama administration. I'd like to hear an opinion on the Border Patrol, what their thoughts are. I, I myself, I know a Border Patrol agent, and, and believe me, I see his posts, and he's in, uh, he's in favor of keeping them out. Yeah. I'm sorry, there's, there's a line. There's no yeah. need to apologize yeah, about doing things the way that the, the law is written out or that benefits the country at hand, right? Or, that is correct. So, um, are, you, are you done with yours? Because I want to yep, move on to mine. Let's go to the next one. Okay. 
So for a couple of years, and this was on a book that who knows may or may not ever be published that I wrote, uh, but if you haven't read my one book that has been published, uh, it's called Fight. Uh, you can check it out. Go to wherever you want to, Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, uh, and fight Dustin Bass. You'll find it there. Purchase it. Uh, buy a lot of copies and leave a review. Anyways, moving on. So I did a lot of research. I'm going to go to half price books. <laughs> <laughs> you sucker. So I, I did a lot of research on the Korean War because I, I wrote a book. Um, uh, it's a fiction book, but it deals a lot with the Korean War. So it deals a lot with the Korean War veteran. Does it have Rose and Jack in it too or something similar? No. Um, so this, so I, I got to do a lot of research on the history of Korea um, and the modern history dealing with Japan and Korea and then also North and South Korea, the split, the 38th parallel, the Korean War, and then leading up to now. And what took place on... Um, on June 12th with Trump and Kim Jong-un meeting was had such um, relevance to me that it really blew me away. And I don't think a lot of people, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, I don't know. But I don't think there was the appreciation for just the very idea of what was taking place between North Korea, South Korea, and America. Jimmy Carter. Who? Jimmy Carter, the former president, 39th president, stated that if Trump can pull this thing off, he deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. yeah. And President Moon of South Korea said that he deserves uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Will he, will he ever get it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it, don't, get me, don't get me started on the whole Nobel Peace Prize right. and that, that, those shenanigans that go on with that group. I, 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 I truly, truly hope that... It works. Not. I'm not too concerned about him getting the peace prize, but yeah. I am concerned that that uh, the peace process works because I I myself fully appreciate if North Korea and South Korea can somehow you know bury the hatchet and mm -hmm. become friends, and the United States can not so much become an ally of North Korea, but actually help North Korea, and then North Korea can become yeah. you know part of the community of nations, and they're and there will no longer be a threat of a nuclear war because yes. how many millions of people live in Seoul, Korea, North, uh, South Korea? In South Korea? In South Korea. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I think like... I thought like 8 million, I thought I read somewhere. In Seoul or, or South in, Korea? In Well, in greater Seoul. How's that? Actually, there are a little less than 10 million in Seoul. So, yeah, can you imagine a nuclear strike hitting that freaking city? I mean, no. and because and, I've been there. There are... Literally thousands of coffee shops. Can you imagine all the coffee that would be contaminated? Well, I... <laughs> I mean... I don't know what to You want to wake up in the morning <laughs> and just have a good cup of joe. Uh, but I'm here's... thinking more of like the... Was it kim kimchi cabbage? Oh, yeah. Kimchi. Have you ever had that? Yes. It's pretty good. You know, uh, here's no, the I, thing, I, man. I paid for it so later. I, went... I paid for it later that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I went to Seoul... Uh, two years ago, uh, and, and and as part of research, uh, went to a number of number of cities in in South Korea. Dude, the the food there really good. Not just the food in the restaurants that that wasn't so impressive as the food that was in sort of they have this in Seoul they have this outside um, 
I guess it's mall, like an outdoor mall. Um, and they have all these vendors there. They're just these little, little table vendors. They're cooking all types of, dude, so good. Sweet bread with an, with a egg yolk on top. Delicious. Um, bulgogi out there, mm -hmm. top of the line. Anyways, but yeah, that was a lot of fun, uh, going there. Here's something that I think is very significant that I, I, I find it very disturbing that people aren't making a big enough deal about because it was just a constant, constant thing. And it went, one, from uh, Trump calling Kim Jong-un rocket man to meeting in uh, Singapore to have this, you know, big meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Since then, they have not done any missile launches. Now, people are like, well, that's not so much because of uh, what Donald Trump has done or the the signed uh, agreement to, yeah, let's pursue peace between North and South Korea as it has to do with, uh, I think it was their biggest um, facility uh, collapsed, more mm -hmm. or less. I think it's a combination of the two, but I think it's a, one, it's more of what America and President Trump did with North and South Korea or North Korea uh, that coming together than the fact that their facility collapsed, um, that they haven't been doing any more missile launches. Because I think it's a, I think probably the Kim administration or however you want a regime or just Kim Jong-un himself, looking at how seriously Trump went after ISIS and said, you know what, we're, we're not going to just send some ground troops over and, and, you know, have these fights. No, we're going to freaking, I think as he phrased it, bomb the hell out of them. Um, and that's exactly what they did. The Moab, the Moab bomb, right. the biggest bomb, non-nuclear bomb that's ever been dropped, um, was dropped on ISIS, right? Uh, more or less a quote-unquote rebel group. And like, dude, if he's going to go to that extreme, for a rebel group that's causing all these problems in the Middle East, you have to know that that had to play a part in, okay, maybe I'm not going up against Obama or Bush or Clinton. Um, I'm not going up against the guys who were saying a lot of stuff and, and saying, hey, you need to do this and need to do that. And, you know, America would act first and, and hope and pray that uh, North Korea would, would uh, come to or do the things that they had agreed to. Um, I think he realized, okay, this guy is, you know, he's going to play that hand that he's threatening with. I probably need a second, uh, or I need to rethink of how I'm, I'm going about it. So, yeah, I think uh, what President Trump has done and with, with ISIS played a big role in how uh, Kim looked at what could possibly take place in North Korea. It was like, okay, let's go ahead and really come to the table here uh, and make something happen. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, it, I think he recognizes that Trump will do whatever he wants and he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Example would be uh, Trump announcing that uh, the, US <coughs> the U.S. Embassy will be moved to Jerusalem. Right. Knowing full well that that's going to anger a lot of people, but, but he didn't care. Yeah. I liken this to uh, I liken this to uh, Michael Corleone. 
you watch the Godfather movies, mm -hmm. Corleone recognized that unless they get into the drug business, their power is going to go down. And mm -hmm. he did not want to get into the drug business. So he uh, moved to Vegas, or moved to Nevada, really, and uh, wanted to go perfectly legit by owning a bunch of casinos. He didn't want to get, he did not want to be in the, uh, uh, you know, be a, uh, a gangster anymore. Yeah. I think, now, now I can't read into uh, uh, the North Korean dictator's mind, but mm -hmm. I think knowing that he's not really going to get the support of China or Russia, he, he's alone, mm -hmm. and uh, he sees the writing on the wall. Yeah. So, I think he realizes, I'm not going to win this. The, the jig is up. I might as well just see what I can get away with. Let me see. Uh, maybe I can get some investment dollars in North Korea. If he wants to build a bunch of uh, businesses, condominiums, yeah. uh, casinos in my country. You know, he's been to South Korea. Mm -hmm. His people have been to South Korea. They did the Olympics together. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, once, once you sense and smell freedom, it's hard to go back. And, right. you know, a lot of people, when the fall of the, Ber when the, fall of the Berlin Wall, the fall of the uh, Iron Curtain took mm -hmm. place, they knew that there was no going back. Right. Gorbachev knew there was no going back. Yeah, the people had already tasted what it was like. Right. Right. Um, and that's just, yeah, it's a powerful thing to... To experience freedom for the first time. Now, it doesn't change the fact that you can still suppress everything, kill everybody who's in your way, and then start over. Um, but maybe that this this Trump, um, this Kim regime has maybe come to their senses on the fact that well, here are my options. Um, I can continue doing what I'm doing, which means that. The military gets all the favor, um, and I will continue to live with the threat of assassination, um, and my people will continue to starve um, and be malnutrition for you know, you know, for however long. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't and think that's his concern. I think that's not his concern. But the fact relatives. is, so many people there was there's been there's continues to be the outcry of. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, we've got to do something about the um, the human rights situation over there. That's on him all the time. And I don't know. I'm just saying, like, maybe that comes into play where it's like, okay, the pros definitely outweigh the cons, especially if I can get a, a certain a certainty, an agreement that says – the U.S. will not invade, South Korea will not invade, and overthrow our, our government, right? Mm -hmm. If they can get that and slowly but surely build up their economy, there you have it. I, I, I don't see any way but um, them either going the democratic route or at least going the Chinese route where they liberalize the economy and yet continue with a communist uh, I think, I think they're going to go the China way. The reason why is because, uh, you know, is it Kim Jong-un? Mm -hmm. He's not going to give up power. <laughs> right. He gives up power and he is going to end up uh, yeah, on trial for war crimes. War crimes, yeah. So it's better for him to hold on to power. And I really don't know how he's going to be able to do that if... Uh, if there's going to be more freedoms, mm -hmm. it's going to it's going to be a little bit more difficult, in my opinion. Well, here's the thing, and 
with take South Korea uh, for instance, uh, Sigmund Rhee was the first president of South Korea, mm-hmm. right? And as much as it was democracy, they took out a ton of um, either communist sympathizers or dissenters. They took out a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that uh, I think just sort of the way we want to view South Korea. Look, back in those days, it was it was democracy, mm-hmm. but it was a slow-turning democracy that really still didn't give a whole lot of freedom to the Korean people. Right. Um, and that slowly turned from a dictatorship to more or less a full-out uh, democratic government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may be what ends up happening at in North Korea to where it's like, okay, I got to get rid of all of the people who are against me, which means killing a ton of people, uh, which who knows how the world will react to that or giving people a time span of saying, look, you can leave our country mm-hmm. and go somewhere else, but I'm only going to give you a certain amount of time. I'm not advocating either way. I'm just stating this is probably um, how it's going to pan out. Um, if it continues that way. What uh, next one do you want to talk about as far as big things that took place? Syrian uh, withdrawal. That was okay, that's a recent announced. thing. Right. Yeah. Um, hasn't hasn't taken place, though. It's just been announced, correct? It has been announced, but it already had an effect in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost uh, or, or are going to lose Defense Secretary Mattis. And the, uh, the Kurds in Syria are now in a position where they are looking at Putin for protection, which that is going to be the big unfortunate thing. This is one of the ones where I'm not so sure that uh, Trump is doing the right thing. Right. Now, there and is if, the Rand If history Paul. tells us anything, uh-huh. he's not doing the right thing. Right. But at the same time, is there a right "Quote unquote right move." Well, you know the the Rand Paul and the Ron Paul wing of the Republican Party thinks that this is the right move. Of course, because they believe in libertarianism and not being involved at all in foreign affairs. Right now, especially wars. Me being from the Middle East, or my family being from the Middle East, I can tell you that there there is a proverb in the Middle East that um, when two brothers are fighting each other and a cousin comes in to assist one of the brothers, the two brothers will unite against the cousin. Mm-hmm. Now, the United States is looked upon as that cousin. Um, I understand why Trump is doing it. Trump feels that, you know what, we're, we're not going to win. Why use our money, why use our blood, yeah. our troops, to fight civil wars? Right. Let's get out. We went... For the sole purpose of defeating ISIS, we're done, let's leave. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is that the Kurds are our friends. They are our friends like, you know, like you would have as England or Israel or Taiwan. Um, so abandoning, abandoning them mm-hmm. is not the right course. I think that there needs to be some method of protecting them mm-hmm. and... We really need to do that before they go into the arms of uh, of Assad or even Putin. Yeah. Because if we drop the ball on the Kurds, who's going to ever trust yeah. us? Yeah. And the Kurds have been more or less good to 
America, or at least they, they they're, they're they're reliable yeah, partners. They, yeah, they love the U.S. and that's a rarity in that region. It is, and uh, I think I think we need to protect the Kurds in Syria and protect the Kurds in Iraq, even yeah. even if it means hurting relations with Turkey. Mm-hmm. I think with Turkey we need to have some sort of uh, uh, you know have some sort of negotiations with them. There's no reason in the world why I think they should have a say as to the Kurds in in Syria and the Kurds in Iraq, even though they say it's all part of the larger picture, Mm -hmm. which is uh, undermining the Turkish uh, government in Ankara. Um, I think that you can make some kind of, uh, you know, have some kind of negotiation where if if the Kurds in Syria and the Kurds in Iraq promise not to mess with or to assist the, the Kurds in Turkey, then we can have some sort of a reasonable compromise. Mm-hmm. Well, it just looks to me like... I trust the Kurds more than I trust the Turks. Cor- yeah, of course. Uh, but it just looks a little bit like a repeat of Iraq, you know. And, you know, really Iraq, just you go in and they call it the hornet's nest. You stir it up. And, you know, I was I was against going into Iraq even as a college student because I was um, well, I was the election editor at Sam Houston State and I was doing research on that whole, you know, going in to uh, Iraq and and. Bush, you know, W saying, you know, here, you know, we had already gotten into it, right? But his dad, the one who had just, re- he's just recently passed, HW, uh, he said, you don't go into Iraq. You just don't do it because you can't get out. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these similar situations. Now, this is, um, I guess, this one's a little bit different because there was a war that was already breaking out. Um, Iraq and or Syria and Russia were more or less combining uh, strengths uh, to more or less kill their own people, the Syrian people. So sort of stepping in from a humanitarian perspective, if you will, uh, to help out and sort of stop the just the slaughter of of citizens, right? And and you know, I guess sort of backing the rebels as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. It's a little bit different than the Iraq situation, but at the same time, it's like if you go in, you have to go in sort of like the Kuwait situation mm-hmm. where you go in, you do your business, and you get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. We went in, and we've overstayed our welcome, which you knew was going to be extremely short-lived, um, and, and so here we are in this similar situation. So it's like what's going to come out of it? Out of it? Is the Assad regime, are they going to be able to stay in power? Um, and what's going to come of that? Is it going to be, well, the U.S. shouldn't have stepped in. Now we're going to go after uh, them and their allies. What is going to come of it? And I guess we'll see in 2019. Well, I think Syria is part of Russia's sphere of influence. Correct. I, you know, now what we can do, we can do what <laughs> Turkey did to Cyprus, where Cyprus invaded, uh, I'm sorry, where Turkey invaded Cyprus in 1974, I believe. And partitioned the country, and it's still partitioned to this day. Spring Cyprus? Uh, no, the Mediterranean <laughs> Cyprus. Oh, my bad, my bad. So, um, yeah. I, you know, I, I think Turkey, I'm sorry, I think Syria 
needs to stay partitioned. Mm -hmm. There are people who just cannot get along. Yeah. And you need to have some sort of either more autonomy or you need to have some sort of a successor. Yeah. Success, yeah, secession. Yeah. There's... It just know, Syria was out of carved necessity. out out of necessity. Syria but was carved out by the French. A regime that wants strictly power and power yeah. grabs. At, yeah. I don't see secession or allowing a secession to take place. Well, I, I think I think it needs to be looked at because the present borders of Syria was only carved out about a hundred years ago. There, there was, if you look at the greater Syria that a lot of Syrians talk about, mm -hmm. it encompasses Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, uh, Iraq. Well, if you think about uh, it, Palestine, it, it, so they can't have it all, but if you're going to, I think you need to cut it up into, you have the Shiite and the Alawite, 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 and it's an offshoot of Shiism. Yeah. If you give them a portion, you give the Sunnis a portion, you give the Kurds a portion. Okay. Granted, they may be pissed off, but you know what? It's the only At least they way. won't be killing each Right. It's the and only speaking way. of, uh, cutting it up, yeah. uh, Khashoggi murder. Do you want to talk about the the Khashoggi murder? I shouldn't even laugh when I say that. That is so messed up. Um, no, but that was that was a big story that took place, and it, uh, it has a lot to do with uh, the whole Syria thing. He was a, a legal resident here in the U.S. Um, I did not lose yeah. any sleep over it. He, the guy was in the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, what do you want me to do? Okay. I'm, um, I can't do anything about it. Saudi Arabia. Okay, they did something bad. Mm -hmm. But what are we going to do? Are we going to cut ties? Is that ties? really news? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, are we going to cut ties with Saudi Arabia, who is a, they're a buffer against Iran. Yeah. And I think Iran is, I know some people like Geraldo Rivera will disagree with me, but I'm sorry, Iran is not, Iran is our enemy. Right. And I think the $150 billion that and Obama... And they're more or less everybody's enemy. Jeez, the fact that Obama gave them $150 billion, we could have used that to build a wall. We would have had a very nice wall. We would have had a really nice wall and, with, with murals and everything. And Iran, he gave them... I know it was theirs from 1979, but I don't care. I don't care about unfreezing the sanctions. Like, you don't... Anyways, that's, that's from years ago. We got nothing. Ago. They were chanting death to America, even... Even as the ink was, uh, even as the money was coming over, right? And they captured, uh, they captured some American Navy uh, sailors. They took that picture where they're, you know, they're on their knees. Yeah, yeah, no, it's freaking sick. <sighs> the stupid decisions. Anyways, uh, moving on to the next one, Kavanaugh hearing. That was a huge thing. We got a new Supreme Court justice, mm -hmm. and. Uh, speaking of blood and toil, they really, uh, well, let's just say it, uh, the left really threw this guy um, into the mud. Uh, this was a sick display that still, you know, should bother everybody um, the way that this whole situation uh, played out. This whole nomination, this whole hearing, this whole process um, played out. And it's not so much... That somebody, uh, Dr. Christine Ford, came forward and, and made an allegation. It's not so much that that was, that was the case. It's the fact that people were saying guilty, guilty, guilty before due process, before um, hearing the testimonies, before anything. 
And that's what is the most disturbing. It's not just that the court of public opinion, but the Senate court, the senators that were coming after Kavanaugh and ripping him to shreds, and then uh, both sides, left and right, uh, listening to Ford and asking you know these softball questions to her and just treating her with, with kid gloves. Look, okay, and I think a lot of people have said, well, if, if Kavanaugh didn't do this, she must have gone through something in her past that, okay, maybe she did go through a situation like this. Okay, one, not an excuse to falsely accuse somebody, okay? Two, the evidence never stacked up correctly. Uh, there were so many loose ends to this whole thing, and it became less about Ford, less about Kavanaugh, and more about uh, putting a conservative into the Supreme Court or not. And that's what it became. It became party lines, uh, identity politics, and just outright division. And it was just, it was sickening. It was sickening to watch, to read about, and and to see how it all, all played out. And then uh, acting as if this guy has not lived his life to be as squeaky clean as possible. He's gone through, I think, six or had gone through about six or seven FBI investigations prior to ever even being uh, nominated to the Supreme Court. And nothing on his record. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we've got... Uh, he sexually assaulted, uh, you know, Dr. Ford. And then all of a sudden he's a gang rapist. And then all this, it was just like, okay, who, how much money is going out the window to bring these people in? And I'm not saying that was Ford, but all of a sudden these people start coming in with all these just ridiculous stories. And they were literally ridiculous stories. You can go into, uh, left-leaning or right-leaning publications like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, and they will go into the facts or the Washington Post and go into the facts of, yeah, all these stories did not line up. And I'm not including Ford's story into that, although the evidence did not stack up, but all these other ones that came out and like, yeah, we did our own research and all this was BS. Well, there was, a, uh, there was an anonymous uh, story coming out of Colorado that fell apart. There was the Rhode Island uh, boat that fell apart. There was that uh, that uh, the one that Avenatti is that his yeah. name yeah. Uh, represented. Yeah, the lawyer. Yeah, that quickly fell apart when she had her first interview. Exactly. And, Just, I mean, like, you're going to willingly go to these high school parties where people are being gang raped. Yeah. Like you're willingly going there. You're a college student going to high school parties. To That's what you're telling party, me. Yeah. Okay. Now, Last time I checked, uh, college students. Don't go hang out with high schoolers. Well, especially, Unless, co especially college girls. Yeah. Now, a college boy College might, boy, maybe, yeah. Because, all right, you know. Yeah, the, there's still some hot chicks in, uh, yeah. in high school, whatever. Okay, and so the, 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 the age difference isn't too great. But, yeah. But then, you know, I, I, and I watched the testimony. I did watch it. And the, the thing that got me, now, her, uh, Dr. Ford's testimony was convincing, except for a couple of things that, immediately caught my attention. The first was this 
this sweet, innocent voice. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, I know a lot of uh, women professors, and they do not they talk They do not that, talk like you, that. Yeah. You will be eaten up if you talk that way. Exactly. I mean, they're all they Look, the, the rise of feminism has taught against talking like that. Yeah. Over the past 50 years. Like, so all of a sudden, that's going to be yeah, something that, means, that you're going to utilize? Yeah. Well, not, and then, and then there was the part, and, and I think that the uh, that female prosecutor from Arizona caught her on this was when she said that her friends were trying to convince her to fly out to D.C. You know, she was afraid to get on a plane, alluding to the fact that this whole Kavanaugh assault messed her up. Now she has post post-traumatic stress disorder for that reason and that's why she's afraid to go on a plane that's what she was i mean i'm sorry that but i think everybody who watched it thought the same thing until the female prosecutor was like okay uh how often do you fly out to dc and then comes out once or twice a year or at least at the east coast um find out that she flies to she flew to tahiti she flies all over the world so you know the whole okay my friends were trying to convince me that i should fly it, the whole thing just fell flat yeah and in my opinion my opinion and i think from the opinions of many others she was caught in a lie that was a lie because mm-hmm. no you're, you're you're not you don't have ptsd yeah. enough where you can no, no longer fly or you're afraid to fly because you fly quite a bit yeah so and but uh, to go back to the whole um Innocent, poor me, you know, with a little innocent voice that she had. You know, it kind of goes counter to what I'm seeing in Hollywood nowadays mm-hmm. where, you know, women are playing the tough guy roles. They're the ones yeah. beating up on guys now. I exactly. Mean, you know, Walking Dead, Star Wars. Widows. Yeah, where women, yeah, what's that, uh, Peppermint? Where the, I know there's a movie called Peppermint. I don't know. Uh, but, where the woman but the women are now the, are the tough now guys. playing the, the roles of uh, action heroes. Right. Men. Men Which? action heroes. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You're probably not going to do very well in the box office because last time I checked, women typically don't like going to see action movies uh, mm-hmm. with action heroes. You know, they're not big Sylvester Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Jason Statham fans. Cool. Uh, which is why Nicholas Sparks makes a killing off of his books and movies. And I'm not saying that that's all that women like to watch, but they're not huge into shoot 'em ups. Right. But you know, I think if Dr. Ford show, you know, first of all, doc, Dr. Ford should have as a teen or whenever this occurred, she, <clears throat> um, she should have spoken to her family about it or she should have confided. She's afraid to go to the police. And and I'm going to say this in in all the ladies that are out there. If you are attacked by mm-hmm. anybody and you are afraid to confide with the police, I can understand that. But it's like a rabid dog out in the streets. If you don't say anything, someone else somebody else is, is going to get, get hurt. And the thing is, dude, and confide with a friend. I have, have had, your best friend go yeah. and talk to somebody. Have talk to and it is insane yeah. and i want i want to yeah i'll talk to to the the women and the men mm-hmm. uh the the boys and the girls on this girls if you have been sexually assaulted or physically assaulted you need to bring that up to people who and, and not just you know, people you need to bring it up to to the police you know but i you know but, having the debated in but the thing debated. is is like guys have gotten to the point where uh, and this has been for for some time but i think this is just 
upbringing mm-hmm. as well. Guys think that they can just do whatever they want to whenever maybe certain alcohol limits have been reached. Correct. Um, they, and they that is excuse. typically, it's yeah, that, exactly. It's used as an excuse. And that is typically the case because I have had several girls that I have dated mm-hmm. that have talked to me about how they were either sexually assaulted or physically assaulted by by guys. I'm like, uh, who is this person? And, you know, they would never tell me, like, who the person was or, you know, because I'm like, look, let's go after this guy and, you know, or let's let's get it out there, yeah. you know. But I am so surprised because more than not, they have been assaulted in some way. Oh, I know a lot of and women who've been just, raped. Yes, and it's just absolutely sickening. It's insane. And I, it's like, you, know, the, you know, you and I don't have kids. Right. But I have I have a niece that I love to death and that, speaking of loving to death, like I would, and, and I know my brother, he would, we'd kill somebody. Yeah. You know, we'd Talk? literally, yeah. we would kill somebody uh-huh. if we found out that this took place. Um, and so girls like get, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like yeah, men respect women. Okay. Right. First off, it's the man's Let's job. Just, to, it's the man's job to protect women. Right. So yeah. even if you don't know her, protect her. Yeah. That was just what yesterday there was a guy, there was a couple that was, and uh, we need to get on to, you know, the next one, yeah, but yeah, yeah this yeah. is, this well, is definitely a rabbit trail. Yeah. Couple, there was a couple attacked in Katie by two robbers and, uh, the husband pulled out a gun and shot both of them. Yeah. And again, this is like the Godfather again, you know, the very beginning of the first movie where if, if that, if the undertaker had just approached, uh, the Don earlier, his daughters, his daughter's enemies would now be his enemies. Yeah. Find somebody, find, uh, Find a guy who is, if you're that afraid of the police, find, and let's say it's even if it's your father, for Christ's sake, yeah. talk to somebody who can help you and let that person take care of it. Right. Well, okay. Kavanaugh was um, appointed. He was confirmed, and yeah. He was confirmed by the Senate. Definitely yeah. down party lines. Uh, yeah. Lisa Murkowski, I think she uh, refrained or whatever. Uh, she lost her seat in the Senate. Did she lose the election? Uh, yeah, right. I had I didn't follow her. Yeah, I know uh, Collins is up for election. I think in two years. Yeah, no, she's yeah, she's fine. But um, and then you had um, the guy from Virginia, West Virginia, who who got reelected. He was reelected. He was a Democrat yes. who uh, he, he voted, voted for. for Cup. I think if he did, so he would have there lost. you have that. Um, what's your next one? Because uh, I don't want to kill these people with uh, all the time that we're, we're taking to go over this stuff. But okay. next one, whatever we got. Let's talk about Fed's inter- raising interest rates, in my opinion, to the point where they've kept the stock market flat. If you look at the rate it was or the, n- the number it was in January to today, um, the numbers, now this is going to be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the year, the Dow was around 23,400 and it went up and and it went down and it went up and went down and went up really high around September and then it crashed back down to about the same level, which is 23,400 as it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen any numbers 
with the the low, the, the I think unemployment is hovering around four percent, give or take a few points. Yeah, it's like um, three point seven. Stock last market, the GDP is doing the lowest low. it's been since nineteen sixty nine. So what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Let's take a look at the Federal Reserve. Now the Federal Reserve Board has decided um, under Obama's tenure, only twice did they raise interest rates. Eight years. In his eight years, they raised it twice. Yeah. Uh, once in 2015, and uh, once after the election, after the after the, the election where Trump won, mm -hmm. and that was in December of uh, 2016. Those mm -hmm. are the only two times that the Feds raised interest rates. Then, as soon as Trump came aboard, bam, they started raising interest rates. <laughs> Couldn't raise it fast enough. Three times in 2017, four times in 2018. So just in 2017 alone, they raised the interest rates more times than, in t than during Obama's entire tenure. Yeah. So now, <clears throat> what, do, what does that mean, that raising the interest rates? Well, the interest rate, what that means is in, the stock market does not like raising interest rates. Because it, what it means is that it, uh, the Federal Reserve tightens, money, the, tightens the money supply. It makes it um, not so much more difficult to borrow money, but more costly more to costly borrow More costly to borrow. So companies are less apt to want to, you know, invest yeah. or expand or, or whatnot. So and I, yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you know, if they, you know, the inflation, inflation in twenty seventeen was only two percent. And now I understand that the the interest rates were kind of flat for for many many years, and there's a reason for that. When the economy is not doing well, right. you wanna you wanna <clears throat> encourage borrowing. You wanna encourage correct, right? You know, it so. makes sense, but it did to hold it off for that long. Yeah, and right. then just saw all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, people have lost a lot of money. Right, and I'm one of them. I you know I have money in the market. Yeah, and to sit and to see my money stagnant. Because the Federal Reserve just decides, hey, let's. It does have an effect. Raising the interest rates this many times in this short of a period does have an effect on the stock market. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder just where would it be right now if they had just left the economy alone and not raised the interest rates so much so quickly? Where, where would the stock market be? It, it was at record highs. It was at record highs. And by God. You got to bring it back down, you know, because uh, the rich just keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. Except, oh wait, no, the poor are not getting poorer. They're actually making money and joining the middle class. Right now, the four, at a know, higher rate than ever. Well, you know, when you or hear at least in, in recent memory. Well, when you hear these idiots saying that only uh, rich people are in the stock market, your four hundred one k is in the stock market. So yeah. if you have a four hundred one k, which you should have. Or uh, I don't know if the four or three Bs are still going around. I used to be a stockbroker many, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. But people who invest in a four hundred one k, that is the stock market. Unless you're investing in bonds, but if it's a bond fund, I mean, I just uh, it, it it upsets me to know that if you just leave the market alone, it's going to do well, yeah. and everybody does well, and everybody is lifted out of. Yeah. And the, and the market does well because of the American people. If you right. just trust the American people to do and and create, the market will succeed. The market will be fine. 
Well, I, but know. it's whenever you start getting into too much government intervention and pulling things down and just it, you start screwing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Trust the American people because that's what it's all about. Uh, another big thing that took place, and these things have been taking place way too often, uh, shootings. Uh, I want to talk about the Parkland shooting real quick. Um, that took place at the beginning of this year, February 18th, where 17 were killed, 17 were injured. Um, not even going to mention the idiot's name who went about uh, this shooting. It wasn't uh, even there. Huh? He wasn't even there at the school that day. No, he wasn't. And the thing is, is this guy should have been thrown into prison or he should have been put into... Uh, Are you talking about the shooter now? The shooter. Oh, okay. Yeah, he should have been put into uh, some type of psychiatric ward to get help because, one, the police knew mm-hmm. that he was a problem. The, the FBI knew that he was a problem. I think they visited him 18 they had, times. They had visited... Or they've had 18 calls It is calls so crazy. Like, how many times... Do you need to come out and address the same situation yeah. uh, and the same person? Get this guy off of the streets. Yes. So this one is one of those things where it's not, like, it's not about uh, gun violence. It's about how to avert gun violence or uh, how to really just stop the violent person from doing something violent, whether it's with a gun or vehicle or whatever. Like you have all the warning signs that that you need. Like, okay, this guy is a, is an absolute problem. We we take terrorism so seriously. Like, you can't say bomb on a plane or in the mall or whatever without you know getting arrested. You know, you just let's take them off the flight. Mm-hmm. And so, unless you are linked to some type of terrorist group. Nothing's going to happen to you, apparently. And it's so idiotic because you have these, and it's typically guys, white guys, young white guys who are, you know, I don't know, an emotional wreck who go out and and do all these shootings. And And typically, very often, there are telltale signs that something is wrong. And a lot of them are high school students. Mm-hmm. And here's what's interesting is that the the federal government, the state government, the local governments have gotten so restrictive on, one, how to discipline um, students and what it takes to actually expel a student. Um, and it's become such a deterrent. I've had a conversation with a, a teacher friend of mine. It's like the paperwork that you would have to go through just to get this person, a student reprimanded, is so astronomical that it is a deterrent to even report the student. And there's that, and that's one of the things that President Trump said. Like, we have got to eliminate these deterrents of keeping our kids safe. And so we've got activists and we've got all these people who are like, uh, hashtag enough, uh, hashtag never again. Okay, then you need to go ahead and start thinking about... Um, emboldening the the students mm-hmm. and the administration and the teachers, mm-hmm. um, empowering them right. to actually take the proper steps to say, this student is a real problem. They mm-hmm. don't give a crap about learning. Mm-hmm. They just come in. They start fights. They don't pay attention. None of those students should even be in school. I'm sorry. 
This whole thing where every student, this is a totally different conversation that I would love to have about the public education system. The kid doesn't want to go to school. They don't need to go to school. Well, did you see the movie Lean on Me? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the first thing Mr. Clark did was he got rid of all the troublemakers. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, you're out of here. Yeah. So that way he was able to control the situation. Right. Now, now this is going to go also with the Me Too movement where I said, if there's a woman who's being <clears throat> physically or verbally abused, say something. Yeah. Okay. I don't care if you don't want if you don't want to talk to a cop, talk to someone you can confide in right. and let them do the dirty work. Yeah. It's the same if you see someone who is a nut job, who makes, you know, violent, uh, violent threats. threats. Say something. Right. Say something to somebody. And you know they got that crazy look in their eye. Oh yeah, you've seen the pictures of the. The guy in Connecticut, the guy in Colorado, that idiot down in Florida. Yeah. You know, we had an idiot in Santa Fe. If you know that they're saying something on social media, say something to somebody. Make 2019 a better year by actually saying something, reporting it, and having it dealt with. Right. And for crying out loud, police forces across the nation... The FBI, your your headquarters and in, in, in cities and in the states do – I don't know if, what changes need to be made, but make those changes to where you can actually, hey, this guy's nuts out of his mind. He's a threat to society. Let's go ahead and take care of this situation and get the person help. You know, I'm also apt to uh, – if they take – I'm not saying throw the person into prison for 20 years, but get the person help. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they do commit the crime, the, the shooting, there's a part of me that thinks that we need to string them up like Mussolini. If, they're, if they shoot themselves, embarrass them in some way. Go after their family if you have to. Whoa, if, whoa, whoa. No, nah, Let's on, not go on. nuts. Let's not go uh, Old Testament. You know what? If, uh, I'm going to go Old Testament. If the parents know that their son is they a They have to be shot. an accomplice, man. You, you have to be an yeah. accomplice if you know... Okay, my child is nuts. He's been beating my dog with knives uh, for the yeah, past yeah. however I'm, long. You, need, you are responsible. You're responsible. Parents, get responsible, please. If you can't control View your, your children. Yeah, okay, you now we're just preaching. If, yeah, here we go. All you right, what do you have next? Yeah, if you can't control your partner in the Sons of History, then put a stop to it. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, 2019, oh. no school shootings. Uh. No mass shootings. Let's... Really, uh, as part of society, let's really take responsibility. Okay, the uh, deaths of Bush and McCain, boring. Yeah, no, no controversy on that one. I, no controversy. I, I don't, you know what, I don't miss McCain, but I think uh, I think uh, George Bush and Barbara Bush, good people. Yeah, good people. Really not much to say on that one. Um, the election. We had an election. We had an election, as we do every two years. The uh, which was kind of mixed. Democrats took the house back. Democrats uh, took the house. Now, when we you first... can thank California for that because they yeah. got about fifty, yes, seats from that. Well, you know, also with California, they have a rule where the top two, the the two people running for election yeah. are from the same party. Mm -hmm. So then you don't have any Republicans running. Right. There's no Republican representative. Right. There. So uh, and so, and so that Republicans are out of. Out of luck over in yeah, California. California is, is going to be a, a Democrat stronghold unless something happens over there. So yeah. uh, now when we had uh, the podcast, uh, 27, I think, um, houses were won by the Democrats, 27 flips. I think now it's at somewhere around 40, maybe a little bit more. Um, they just had one recently in Maine. So 
Uh, they did. They did very well. Yeah. The Democrats did very well. The Republicans did well with the Senate. With the Senate. They, they gained yeah. a they couple increased. of seats. Yeah. So now they don't have to worry or depend on Murkowski and uh, if she was elected or not. Uh, but they don't have to depend on Collins. Collins, if she wants to, uh, if she wants to vote against, uh, let's say, if something happens to um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she had cancerous cells in her lungs. Um, or if uh, if uh, Clarence Thomas decides, you know what, uh, now is the time for me to retire, which I predict will happen, mm -hmm. then they can find somebody and there, there will be enough Republican votes using the nuclear option to get whoever they want uh, through and confirmed. Yeah. And my, my fault on the, the Lisa Murkowski thing, I was, um, I was confusing her with McCaskill. Oh, yes. Yeah, she so, lost. Yeah. Out of Missouri? Yeah. Yeah, so she lost. Uh, my apologies, uh, listeners. Um, so with uh, that, speaking of California, the California fires was a huge thing, but you know those have become so so commonplace. Uh, but this one was. Well, it has to do with the management of the forest. They're not exactly they let the, the forest. forestry department do what they need to do. Right. Uh, quit hugging on the trees yeah. and let them cut some of them down. Get rid of some of the you know old logs and old stuff that's been just hanging there. Dude, you have you ever lit up an an old Christmas tree? I've only when I was a child, but it's you know insane. What? It's like you've poured the gas <laughs> yeah, all over the tree. I've seen it. It it goes up really yeah. quick. You know, it's like those they say like don't hold this can of hairspray near a flame because mm -hmm. it's flammable. Same thing with dry wood. I mean, if you are running into like uh, droughts or not a whole lot of rain. You've got an entire field, an entire forest of, of flammable wood right. out there. And they're not clearing the, the brush between the trees. Correct. Which makes, which makes, which it, makes it easier for the flames to jump. That's why they yeah. say, like, whenever there's any type of fire in a neighborhood, mm -hmm. like, pray to God that there's no wind and those houses aren't too close together because those flames will just jump onto another house and then it will keep on going. Hence the reason you have, you know, I think we referenced it in one of our episodes uh, on, I think it was our episode one on YouTube, talking about the, the fire that took place in New York City during the American Revolution. You yes. know, it just burned the whole thing down. Yes. And, you know, you had the great big Chicago fire. Mm -hmm. Same thing. It was just all these wooden homes that were right next to each other and it's just massive fires so california um please empower your your forestry people to 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 clean up the clear place. the brush yeah, cut, clear the brush and i know we we get people are like oh you know trump's saying you know oh yeah it's all about uh yeah i'm sorry but a lot of that the extension of that of those blazes have a lot to do with the fact that you have created this mat, this forest of matchsticks, mm -hmm. um, which which travels faster than a man can run. Travels faster than a man can run, and travels faster than those helicopters can can fill up their yeah. you know bellies with that stuff that they pour well, on the fire. Well, there, there are people that are in campgrounds miles away from the fires, and next thing they know, the fire is upon them. Yeah, and they panic. And everybody clogs the streets, and the boom. Yeah, you're stuck on the road. A fire hits you, and people are getting yeah, roasted, people, roasted yeah. alive in their vehicles. It was, it's, in, it, it's insane, and it's called forethought. It's called foresight. And 
you have to look into like, okay, what's what's the potential that's going to happen? Hmm, let me think. California runs into fires every single year. Let's go ahead and prepare um, every single year for these fires. It's like we've made mistakes with, with hurricanes. When we had um, uh, Mayor – there's a lady who was the mayor here before Sylvester Turner. I can't remember her name. No, She's no, saying no. everybody evacuate. Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you out of your mind? Everybody was evacuating. People were just stuck on the freeways forever. You have seven million people who are trying to evacuate. Oh, you mean you mean when uh, Rita hit uh, yeah. Texas? Okay, no, that was uh, white. I think that was white. Was it? it yeah. Well, either way, I don't think it was. I know who you're. And talking then people about. were asking during, during Harvey. What's her name? Porker. Yeah, a niece Porker. Right. Um, <laughs> a Parker, a niece Parker. <laughs> oh, we get it. <laughs> Sylvester Turner, uh, I think he dealt with it very well when he was like, so help me God, if one of you people ask me again about evacuating the city, I mean, and he referenced short history, right? And like, mm-hmm. just a few years ago, you had people stuck in the on the freeways, and here comes the, the hurricane, and they couldn't do anything about it. You had people dying on the roads. Like, bad idea. We've tried that. We are going to prepare the best that we can. And so that's what we do is we, you have to prepare, you know, we have, Houston has to prepare for hurricanes and tornadoes to an extent. We don't get them as much as, you know, you know, uh, places, places well, a little they, they, further north of us, but we yeah, still get plenty. They worked on the, the contraflow where, uh, uh, both north and southbound traffic is opened up for the evacuation and, uh. So if you're like up in the north somewhere, you're well, you not have seven million to... people in Greater Houston. Uh-huh. Even if you have a tenth of those people trying to, that's seven hundred thousand people trying to get out of here. And come on, just I don't care how much you you open up that overflow or whatever you want to call it. Um, and one thing I did want, I think we both wanted to mention, and this is the last thing from from this year. Um, the Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. This whole charade that's been going on uh, is, as we have found out, uh, obviously not really about Russia collusion anymore. Um, they they throw it out there every once in a while, but it, it's pretty much uh, it, it's it's looking for something else, anything. They're anything looking for else. anything. I, I had a debate with some uh, some of my left leaning friends last night, and they they pretty much. Figured out there was no collusion, yeah. but obstruction of justice. Well, I said, well, what, what are they obstructing? What was he obstructing about? There was no crime. Well, the fact that there was an obstruction of justice meant that that's that's reason enough to impeach. Yeah, but obstruction of what justice? There's a thing. Here's the thing. May seventeenth is when the investigation started. Wait a minute. May seventeenth of twenty eighteen. No, no. May 17th of 2017. That's how long this investigation has been going on. And you get, you got n- nothing but crumbs. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're like, they, they've, they, they did get uh, his you've attorney got a few, and they got Flynn and, but the whole investigation, but I, we I understand still don't what, even know what, no. what they've got from, Mueller, from, uh, from Cohen or yeah. Manafort. Really? I mean, it's just like, yeah, well, look, it, it doesn't here. If you go into a um, what do they call it when you have to go before the lawyer and the, the judge isn't there, but like a subpoena? No, it's it's recorded. 
anyways, it doesn't really matter. But you, you go in, and if you lie, which is so stupid, like Flynn went in without a lawyer. He was convinced mm-hmm. not to go in with a lawyer. Like, who does that? Like, who's the friend of yours that said, yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry about going in with the lawyer. Just go in and, and you know, talk, chat it And up. if you make a mistake, then that's, that's a crime that's right a there. That's a crime. Yeah. Because, one, you've confessed to something or you, you've lied. So, yeah. Uh, well, this is becoming kind of like the whole thing with Al Capone where, okay, they couldn't get Al Capone on anything other than not paying his taxes. Yeah. And that's how we ended up in prison. Right. So I think Mueller's kind of trying to do the same thing. I think at this point they're trying to find anything to, to destroy him. And that includes taking down all his friends mm-hmm. so that they will sing and turn against him. Yeah. Even if it means making something up. Well, yeah, this is what Trump did, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, I, I have a problem with that. If Trump really did collude with Russia, okay, that is grounds for impeachment. Of course. But if he didn't do it, Then enough. he didn't do it. There's enough. nothing you can do. Like, move on. And I really yeah. wish that the the Mueller investigation would, would just move I on. Think, because I think he would have found something by now. Exactly. Yeah. The guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's been doing it. Almost all his life. And if you don't have anything after uh, going on two years, Mm -hmm. uh, we're, what, 20 months in? If you don't have anything but, you know, Cohen and and Flynn, you know, and uh, and Manafort, Mm -hmm. like, and George Stephanopoulos, (laughs) whatever his name is, Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Like, come on. (laughs) Uh, It's just enough. That's all Greek to me. I don't know. too soon? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, our personal 2018. How was your personal 2018? Well, I uh, did a couple of things for the Sons of History, which uh, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, one of them was I took a little trip to uh, New England back in August. Mm-hmm. I visited as many battlefields and famous sites, historical sites, as I could find. Uh, Went to the, uh, let's see, where the remnants of Fort Edward was, Fort George, which, I'm sorry, not Fort George, um, uh, Fort William Henry, I believe is the one. That's from the last of the Mohicans. Uh, you had Fort Ticonderoga, and then you had Fort Crown Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone <clears throat> who knows the histories of the French Indian War and the American Revolutionary War knows that a lot went on in those forts. Then uh, went to several other places. Um, Went to Lexington, Concord, uh, went to uh, the Gaspee Point in Rhode Island where a, a British ship got torched. Uh, went to uh, Peacefield, which is where uh, John and uh, Abigail Adams lived and died. It was, uh, it was beautiful. It, it just, I got to see things, I got to, I got to stand on the footsteps of many of our historical right. heroes. And people who are fans of the show get to go and to and check out Facebook yeah. and see all of your Facebook Live videos, which were great. Thank you. Uh, the Saratoga, Battle of Saratoga was one of my favorites. You know, to stand where uh, Daniel Morgan and Benedict Arnold, who at the time was a good guy, mm-hmm. uh, were, the, were the, I was at the very spot where Benedict Arnold was uh, hit in the leg. Um, I stood where many of our heroes stood uh, to see where the British were coming in, where uh, uh, Johnny Burgoyne, the British uh, commander, the British general who surrendered, where he was. Um, 
visited uh, you know visited a couple of other places. Went all over Boston where the Tea Party took place, where Samuel Adams stood and announced to the 150 men standing outside. He gave the signal so that they can go uh, dump the cargo, the British, the tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, marched down the street, Milk Street, which is where they were. Uh, yeah. Went to Paul Revere's home. Uh, stood on Breed's Hill, which is where the Battle of Bunker Hill took place. Mm-hmm. I know, kind of confusing, but I explained it in the videos. Right, yeah. Uh, pretty so, much the same thing. They were right next to each other. Yeah. Went to Lexington, where the first shots were fired. Mm-hmm. Went to Concord, where we fought back. Yeah. The shot heard around the world. Right. Um, just an amazing trip, which I highly recommend. People to, going on. Going. I need to go on it. I've, I haven't. I haven't seen... A fraction of what you've just mentioned, and that's a shame, especially now that I'm part of the Sons of History, yeah, which is a very way, I think inclusive or exclusive group. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, maybe you and I should take a trip one of these days. I and, think, I think know, we should. March yeah. down the very street. Take some that White the Zinfandel. Re- there you go. And some Kenny G. And some Kenny G. We'll put it in the CD. Yeah. Walk down the very footsteps of uh, some of the... British soldiers that were coming and going on that day in Lexington and Concord. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was at the spot where Paul Revere was captured. Yeah. Um, Boston in and of itself just has so many, so many places to visit. Uh, you know what? I also went to the place where the Boston Marathon Massacre took place, as well as the uh, where they had, the two brothers had their shootout, uh, where... So um, one of them died. He got run over by his own brother. Mm. And then he was captured later on in a boat um, about maybe a mile away. So yeah. I, went to, I went to that very spot. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool also. Um, so th- there's, there's quite a lot to see. And in the, in the people of Boston are just incredibly nice. Don't, don't get into an argument with them about politics. Yeah. But uh, just overall, they're very nice people. Yeah. And then also um, I got to interview... Uh, some uh, war heroes. Right. Um, some really great interviews. Interviewed three of them so far. Right. Uh, the first one was Charles McGee. Um, he was a Tuskegee Airman. Mm-hmm. I also interviewed with the very last living Doolittle Raider. Uh, his name was Dick Cole. Mm-hmm. Now that has not been released yet. Um, and then, the, and then the other gentleman whose name escapes me, but he's the last surviving Marine Ace. Yeah. Uh, Dean Caswell, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, interviewed Dean Caswell, which also has not yet been released. And uh, just last night... No, no, it's already out. Is it out? The oh, video's okay. not, okay. but uh, the podcast. Oh, the podcast is? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, and then last night, I spoke with a guy... Put it out on Thanksgiving, I think. Was it? Like the okay. Monday before or after Thanksgiving. When we, will, we will release the videos mm-hmm. of those. Um, just last night, I spoke to uh, Mike Kurth. He was a specialist, ranger... Fought in the Battle of Mogadishu. He was he's in the book and in the movie Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. which is a good one. Very good. So he uh, he and I we spoke last night, and he said that uh, we can meet with him uh, sometime middle of January. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So yeah. and we're going to do more interviews. I know um, there is a uh, I think they call them uh, wasps or wax. She was a female fighter wasps. pilot. Female, female pilot from World War II. Um, she lives up in Magnolia, so I'm going to go interview her. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, I have a friend, uh, and, he, and I can call him a friend. His name is yeah. Joe McPhail. 
He is a uh, Marine fighter pilot, shot down two Japanese planes uh, during the Battle of Okinawa. So we will meet with him eventually. Yeah. And um, then I have a uh, guy who fought in Afghanistan, helicopter pilot. Mm -hmm. um, Dan Flores, if you're listening, we, we want to inter interview too. Of course. So uh, he's, also, he's also written a good book. So. Yeah. so we have a lot in store for 2019. Yeah, we do. Um, and that's, those are going to be some really fun video and audio interviews. Mm -hmm. um, my year... Uh, it's pretty pretty eventful. I got a new house, so that was that was uh, that's been fun. Thank you very much. Uh, I was doing some painting just last night. Um, so inside, just don't like the the interior color. So yeah, uh, as far as anything special taking place, other than the sons of history, man, it's a uh, you know my life revolves around this show. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is well anyways congratulations to the Houston Texans they won the division the AFC mm -hmm. South uh, I want to throw that out there uh, listeners uh, we are bringing this long this is now our official well it's the last one of the year right yeah. so it's officially going to be our longest uh, episode but we just want to say thank you so much for making our 2013 or 2013 five years behind buddy wow 2018. That's how, look at how fast time flies. Our 2018, a, a great year. Um, thank you for listening. And if you want information, hey, we got some great information on a lot of our episodes, information on the Senate, the House of Representatives, the Supreme Court, the caravans, the immigra whole immigration uh, movement, like just the history of immigration in the U.S. and to an extent uh, around the world. And we got some great interviews. There's a lot of stuff on um, in our episodes uh, that you will really find uh, interesting and educational because we're here to educate and entertain. That's right. Um, I'm looking forward to 2019. I think it's going to be a really good year. I think we're going to come up with a lot of good stuff. And it's about history. And as we always want to do, we want to end this episode on a scripture. And we've got this one. It's Proverbs 22, 28. It says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. And that's sort of what we are all about, or that's actually what we're all about, mm -hmm. is remembering the ancient landmarks that have been set by our forefathers. Uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, um, all of the... The, the speeches and the laws and everything that has been that has been put into um, just our our system the way our system works um, do not remove the ancient landmarks especially the landmarks at work uh, if there are now there are a lot of landmark cases that you would like to have overturned but remember listeners uh, there are there are ways about doing that that are put into our system, which is why we're a democratic system that relies on uh, the thoughts um, and motives and feelings and perspectives of the American people. And so every state is different. Every person is different. And so you have to vote to express how you want this country to be run. And therefore, you have another two years before we have another election. Uh, and that's going to be a huge one. And I can only imagine how 
crazy that one's going to be because that is going to come down to will President Donald Trump be reelected or will we have somebody else in office? Um, and we will see what's the state of the House and the Senate. You know, where will we be then? So it is going to be interesting. But I think that's something that we all need to remember. This Proverbs twenty two twenty eight: don't remove the ancient landmarks. Always remember. And whether those are bad landmarks or good landmarks, you always have to remember. So you can remember, okay, here's the way we should do things or here's the way we should not do things. Thoughts? Well, it's going to get nasty. The election cycle oh, will be getting nasty. But, like, uh, yeah, but no, 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 you're right about that. He's taking off his shirt right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get nasty. <laughs> Sorry, I had an itch. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it is important to preserve um, our past. Yeah. Uh, not only do we learn from it, but it can help us guide us, help guide us in the future. Right. And there are, we stand on the shoulders of great men and women mm -hmm. who have uh, made not only America great, but have made humanity great. Um, a lot of achievements in this world can only, we have to remember the people before us. Yeah. Never forget the people before us that gave us our freedom, that uh, gave us our technology, medicine, music, mm -hmm. art, uh, and writing. Remember, yeah. Humility before honor. Yes. Always remember that. So, um, you know, and the people who who did those things that gave us the great achievements, we owe it to them to remember, mm -hmm. to remember their names. Yeah. Let let people die twice. The first time when the body gives up, and the second time when people stop talking or mentioning your name. Yeah. So if you have great people in your family who have passed on. Keep their name alive. Yes. Keep talking about them. Me and my cousins and my brother, we talk about my, my grandfather all the time. He's been dead uh, close to 10 years now. Um, we keep his name alive. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. He's a great if man. If you have children, talk to them about him. About, yeah. So that they then can tell their children. And speaking of, uh, I actually, this past Christmas, got his 6mm uh, Remington. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. So it's just... It reminded that me in of itself. A, reminded me of a Christmas story. Yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> Just don't shoot your eye out, kid. If I shoot my eye out with that one, I will. The sons of history will be one person. Yeah. So, all right, listeners, thank you so much. Um, please rate and review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening to our podcast. And Alan, where can they uh, check us out on social media? YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, That's and right. we also have our own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com. Yep. It's a classic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in 2019. Thank you so much. And remember, we're only here to educate and entertain. That's right. What a phrase. Yeah. <laughs>